Welcome to the Dietitian Success Podcast. Here at Dietitian Success Center, we're all about making it easier for you to build your confidence and expertise. So whether you're a dietitian or a dietetic student, we've got something for you. I'm Krista, your host and the founder of DSC. Now, are you ready to ditch the imposter syndrome and join our incredible, vibrant community? If so, let's jump in. So Steph, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. It's always so awesome to have you feel free to say Hey to the audience. And I'd love to just get a little refresher on your business for anyone who isn't familiar with you. What do you do and where can people find out more about you? Yeah. So hi everybody. My name is Stephanie long and I am a business coach for nutritionists. Um, I help nutritionists start their business and sign their first paying clients and, um, a quick very short background is I am a holistic nutritionist myself. And when I graduated from school, I quickly fell into that business building um, journey that took, you know, about a year of kind of finding my feeding or finding my footing in my business and um, quickly was finding some success with that launch of my business. And then um, other nutritionists were asking me for help. And so it became this like very organic um, support of, you know, having my own nutrition clients and then supporting nutritionists and starting their business. And then, um, about four years ago, I transitioned into helping nutritionists start their business full time. So, um, it's definitely a longer story, but that's the Coles notes of it. Yeah. Awesome. And so I'm excited to talk about this topic with you today, because I know that you're, I mean, a lot of your business is focused on like helping people get started and sort of that first, you know, launch your nutrition biz. And so today, we were, we thought it would be really great to talk about how do we get nutrition clients without having a huge social media following? Because that's a question that I think everyone has right at the beginning and sort of diving into, you know, do we even need social media? And we'll talk about that. And, and what do we do when we're just getting started and it's taking time to grow? Um, but I'm wondering if we can start off by just chatting about like, what, what role does social media play in the overall and someone's overall marketing strategy? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it is good to, you know, talk about social media's place because it does play a role. Um, I like to kind of even, uh, refer to social media as, you know, kind of like the modern day website in a sense where people are like, you know, Googling or searching for you on social media. And if you don't have a profile, if you're not active on there, people kind of think that, you know, is this a legitimate business? So I do think, you know, even if you're not going to use social media as like your main strategy in your business, like even just having an upkeeping some type of um, account is really good. So when people are doing these searches, you are showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're going to be using social media as one of like the main ways we're communicating with our audience and getting new clients, uh, we do want to use certain you know, strategies to get clients, but that doesn't mean that you have to quickly grow to, you know, 500,000 followers or even 500 followers, you know, even with a smaller, um, social media following, we can still really nurture that community. And sure, over time, we do want it to grow because we do want new people coming in and new eyes on our offer. But that doesn't mean that even if we start off with a couple hundred people that, you know, we are not able to grow a successful business. And I just want to be really clear. I have lots of clients who have a couple hundred followers and are still able to sign clients. So it's not about getting to this like 
100,000, 500,000 following until you'll find success. There's lots of success that can be found, you know, in those in-between places. Mm, That's super helpful. And so before we get into just some of those like tactical pieces around how do we actually start signing nutrition clients with a, with a small following, do you feel like people have to have social media in order to have a successful business? Ah, you're putting me in a tough spot there (laughs) (laughs) with this question. Um, Kind of like I said, I, I, my feeling is if people try to search you and they don't find you, you're like I mentioned earlier, your business kind of feels a bit obsolete or it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's, there's a presence there. So I do feel like in this day and age, even to have a baseline social media, right. Even if that means posting, um, you know, once a month, and that might not seem like that much, but, you know, just to have, like, it shows that there's an activity going on. Your business is still active and valid. Um, I do think it's necessary to have, you know, some social media channels. Um, and even if you're going to decide not to utilize social media too much right now, I would still go and, you know, get the handle for Instagram and Facebook and all of these places. So if you do decide to, you know, utilize social media more, someone else hasn't taken your business handle. Mm -hmm. Um, so kind of starting to claim those things and then even just, yeah, doing the bare minimum to upkeep those uh, places, I think is, smart, but I'm curious, what do you think, Krista? Is that what you would recommend? Yeah, no, I have the exact same thought is that I think social media can serve different purposes in your business and it depends on how you want to utilize it and how you want to emphasize it. But I do agree that having a presence is really important just in terms of your overall brand and just searchability. Exactly. Like, Cause that's how a lot of people, that's what a lot of people do, right? Like they'll, they might find you on Google, but then they'll look and see it's sort of that piece of like social validation. It's like, mm-hmm. I'll look and try and search for you on Instagram or, or even a Facebook page or whatever. And so I totally agree with you. If it's not a main source, if it's not a main driver of clients for you, that's totally cool. And it doesn't need to be like a huge, it doesn't need to be a huge part of your marketing plan, but I agree. Having a presence is important just in terms of establishing your brand and sort of maintaining your brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, okay. So I'd love to know, what do you feel like are some of the tips for somebody who is just getting started with social media and they're trying to grow to even that first hundred people. And Mm -hmm. then I'd love to talk about, okay, so then how do we take those first people and actually turn them into clients? So what do you think for that first hundred people? Yeah. So I think the first thing to remember is that, um, everybody starts at zero Mm -hmm. and every single person is going to start with a small following, but the more consistent you are, the more you're going to grow. So what I find happening a lot, and if this sounds like you, it's okay. It's natural to feel this way, but sometimes we don't actually want to show up on social media until we have a larger following, but that doesn't really make sense. We need to show up to grow the following. Um, And the best way to look at this, or one way I think that takes a lot of pressure off of this is that when you have a smaller following, you can actually make more mistakes. And then um, it's, you can kind of I don't want to use the word fail, but you can make those mistakes or adjustments to how you're talking about things, how you're talking about your program, how you're talking about what you do in a smaller capacity before you grow big and you have more eyes on your business. So you can have these mistakes or these failures and really learn from them. And then when you have this larger audience, you'll know how to hold them and nurture them in a different way because you've gone through all of those um, like learning lessons and those building blocks at the beginning. So I think that that there's a lot of blessing in a small audience and getting started that way. Um, 
And then what I would recommend is, you know, like I mentioned, being consistent, showing up and then sharing educational content related to your niche. So that would be my recommendation. If you can be clear on a niche kind of in those first few stages of starting your social media, then your social media is going to have a lot of direction. Even if you have, you know, 50 people coming and joining, those 50 people are going to be really clear who you are, what you do and how you can help. Um, And then if you're creating uh, educational content, you're really becoming that authority, you know, for those people and 50 people are 50 potential clients. I think that's another way to look at it too. Sometimes we think, oh, that's nobody. There's no one in my audience, but you know, if you really nurture and care for those people, those people can become your first raving fans. So I think that's a really good kind of mindset shift as well. Mm. Yeah, I really like that idea of thinking about it as in, because it's so true. Hey, we think of it as it's so, it's so, I don't know, is this the right word? Like depersonalized. It's like Mm. we, it's just a follower. It's not an actual human. When in reality, no, that is an actual human and that is 50 different people. Um, So that's such an awesome reframe. So then how do we think about taking those 50 people and actually turning them into clients, into potential paying clients? Yes. So, well, number one, I think it is like, just like you said, remembering that these each person is a person, (laughs) each follower is a person. Um, And then showing up like you would in front of a thousand people or 10,000 people the same way you would with these 50 people. So coming and showing up as that authority, sharing educational information, um, utilizing some of the more nurturing pieces of, um, social media, like uh, putting out a poll and asking a question or putting out a question box and learning more about your audience. So sometimes we don't want to do that with a smaller audience because we're like, no one's going to answer the poll. But even if two people answered the poll, you could even then reply back to those people who answered the poll or put a question in the question box and just say, thanks so much for your answer. And thanks for being here. It really means a lot uh, for you to be a part of my community, which you're probably not going to be able to do that with, you know, a few thousand followers because you're going to have more people answering these polls and it's not going to, it's going to take more time to nurture. Um, so again, like kind of over nurturing in this case, like really getting to know who the, these people are. And um, I would highly recommend if they're DMing you, if they're sending you messages, answering back to those messages, being really personal, asking questions. Um, one thing too, I would recommend is if you're just getting used to talking about your program, let's say somebody's like, um, answers a poll that's like, you know, do you need help with your nutrition? And they say, yes, instead of just DMing them with information about your program, ask them questions about what's going on for them. So really get to know them as a person. And before you're looking in the, at them as like a lead or a follower, um, this also gives you the opportunity with a smaller following to, you know, every time somebody new, um, follows you actually send them a welcome message. So I actually used to do this all the time. I'd send a voice note to somebody that followed me and, you know, nine out of 10 times that person would write back and be like, thank you so much, like for, you know, welcoming me and, and they would be more engaged with my content. So again, it's like all about creating these raving fans right at the beginning. And that starts from day one. Hmm. I love that. And, and it's almost, it's such a reframe around, um, it's actually easier to do that when your audience is small and growing because you can, you can really relationship build with those, that small group of people. And I know like 
you know, growing a business, it's all about relationship building, right? And and establishing those trusting relationships and building more trusting relationships. And that's often why the first clients for people are people that they knew at some point or know, because those are people that already have that relationship with them. And so I love that that's such an awesome way to think about it and to be more active in that process of like reaching out and asking questions and saying welcome and all of those great things. Those are such helpful tips. Um, so now like outside of social media or sorry, not, not social media, but like outside of Instagram specifically, do you recommend that your clients use like other platforms? And in what way does that work for growing a following? Yeah. So I think the best thing to think about here, well, there's a million platforms, let's Mm -hmm. be honest, right? There's Twitter, there's Pinterest, there's LinkedIn, there's Facebook. And I think it can feel very overwhelming to feel like you have to go on every single platform and be very present on every platform. So the first thing I would recommend is actually asking yourself, like, where is my ideal client living? And that will um, mean that you need to know a little bit about your niche and who you actually want to help. So let's use an example here. Let's say you want to work with someone, you know, like mid 20s, Maybe they're thinking about having a baby soon. They're working on their hormones. So kind of backtracking and thinking, where are people in their 20s um, spending time? Probably on Instagram, maybe now on TikTok. I would argue maybe not so much on Facebook anymore maybe not on LinkedIn, it would really depend. Um, Where maybe you want to work with busy professionals who are feeling burnt out and feeling like they just need to, you know, learn how to make some healthy meals quickly and and bring their energy up. Um, Likely those people are probably spending time on LinkedIn and on in places where maybe it's more, you know, um, entrepreneur or business focused or entrepreneur focused or more, um, you know, like kind of quick exchanges, right? They might not have the time to sit down and flip through a bunch of Instagram posts, but maybe they go to LinkedIn to find their information and your, your post about, you know, quick, easy energy building foods pops up and and it connects with them. So I think it really depends on, you know, again, your following or who you want to work with. And then I would recommend um, if you're going to use a few different platforms, you can even repurpose some of the content. So what you're putting on Instagram could also go on Pinterest, let's say if you're also using Pinterest and um, spreading your information. So it's not like you have to create new information for every um, single platform. And so what about outside of social media as you're starting to build up your presence? um, How do we, how can we get clients without having to solely rely on social media right at the beginning? Yes. I love this because let's be honest, a lot of us don't want to rely on social media and we feel um, that I think a lot of people are getting to that burnt out stage with social media. And um, also one way to look at this is, you know, what you're putting on social media only has for the most part, a short lifespan, right? You create a post and then it goes in the algorithm and then it's gone. And it's very unlikely someone's going to scroll back to look at old content where if we start looking at other ways to grow our business that are maybe more organic and um, have a longer lifetime, this is going to help us, you know, retain that energy to keep going and not feel that social media burnout. So some of the ways I like to recommend, um, you know, signing clients without that uh, huge social media following is the first thing is to um, 
So I have to be honest, this one still might use social media, but it's not using your social media. So it's collaborating with another practitioner um, or maybe somebody else in the health industry and um, collaborating on a live, like a social media live, or maybe doing a takeover on their account or asking to run a workshop for their audience or do like a guest expert training for them. And so what you're doing here is, you know, because you might have a smaller following, you're essentially like hooking up with somebody who has a larger following and you're providing some kind of education or training for their audience. Um, so now you're getting in front of a bigger audience. And it, again, it still might be a social media audience, but they've spent the time to build that up and to really nurture that. And now you're coming in as this other expert to support that audience. So that's one way that I really like to recommend, you know, kind of thinking of outside of the box of if I have a small audience, how can I reach a larger audience? The next one, like I mentioned, so we're not getting kind of burnt out with creating content and then it's gone. We want to start creating more long form content that's going to stick around. And what I mean here would be um, to start blogging or to even do something like a YouTube channel, which I know Krista is something, a strategy that you are using in your own business. So what what you would do essentially is you would create a blog post or a YouTube video and you would use specific keywords in your content that is attracting people who are searching for that content. So an example might be, let's say you want to work with uh, women who are, again are trying to get pregnant. You might write this really epic blog post using keywords like fertility or getting pregnant in your 20s or whatever you might find that people are searching online already. And then when they go and search that content, your blog post or your YouTube video is actually showing up um, in that organic search. So obviously this might be a little bit of a slower burn, right? You might create a blog post and it's not like tomorrow Somebody's going to, you know, it's not going to show up first on Google and, you know, you're going to sign a client, but it's creating this traction over time and creating more content that has a longer lifespan that hopefully will drive traffic eventually to your website and then thus to your offers. Um, so that's one other way that I like to recommend, um, you know, utilizing these organic marketing efforts. The next would be if we are creating YouTube videos or blog posts, or even a podcast, um, repurpose them, right? Don't just create it once and put it on that one channel and not share it anywhere else. And one great way to repurpose is by using Pinterest. So before you ask me what other kind of social media channels would you recommend, even though we don't maybe look at Pinterest as social media, it technically still is. But I like to think of Pinterest as like uh, a cross between social media and Google, because a lot of people are going to Pinterest with a specific question in mind. They're using the search bar and then there's search results that are coming up. So let's say, again, you wrote a blog post on fertility and maybe there's like a recipe you wanted to add into the blog post. You could actually create a pin for Pinterest and maybe call it something like fertility boosting recipe. And then when you create that pin, it's going to actually lead people to your website. And again, there's that funnel we've been talking about. The next one would be um, really here. What we're trying to do is think outside the box, right. And mm -hmm. utilize, you know, things that are already um, available to us or, you know, um, think about other people in our audience that 
we could actually lean on a little bit, right? We can create a relationship with them and lean on them while we're building our business. So one way to do this would be to pitch to be a guest on someone else's podcast or even write for someone else's blog. Um, So this is a great way, just like the collaborating with another practitioner for you to actually um, be in front of somebody else's, you know, likely bigger audience. You get to show up with your expertise, share about what you know. Um, You know, in a podcast scenario, you can usually pitch something at the end. So you could talk about your program. Or if you were writing a guest blog post, even at the bottom, you could just have a little like call to action for people to go and download your freebie or something like that. Um, So it's a great way to go um, to increase your reach. Uh, And then the last one that I'll recommend is um, to actually really dig into referrals and to make referrals something that plays a big part in your business. So what I mean by this would be connecting with um, medical doctors, naturopaths, chiropractors, massage therapists, yoga teachers, really any like health and wellness professional. Um, Even like you could think outside of the box, like psychologists or something like that. Um, Anyone that is maybe not specifically in competition with you. And what I mean by this is like you could work with someone, let's say, again, you're in the niche of fertility. So maybe you're going to actually pitch or sorry, maybe you're going to connect with an ND who is working with women's health. Um, or maybe you're going to work with another nutritionist who works with women's health. So it's not like a direct competition. It's something a little bit different, but then there's similar people in that audience that could then be pulled over to your audience. One thing I would recommend though, if you are, um, like pitching some kind of referral relationship is I would write an email to, you know, this person, I'd be really clear about how you can help them. Mm. That's always the way we want to position this. It's not about, hi, this is who I am. This is what I do. Can you help me? You really want to say, here's how I can help you and support your clients or support your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all we can do is ask. I think people get so nervous. Like, how do I create this relationship? Well, you have to put yourself out there. In fact, all everything I just told you is about putting yourself out there, collaborating with another practitioner, um, you know, pitching to be on a podcast or a blog, connecting with other practitioners. It's all going to require you going and stepping out first. And, you know, maybe you'll get a no, but you'll also get lots of yeses. So that is how you're going to um, make this progress in your business without relying on something like social media, which will help you grow. but you're actually taking things into your own hand by looking outside of the box here. I love that. And I really appreciate all of those strategies because it showcases how many different ways there are to market your services, right? Like it's really thinking outside the box and it's not just one thing that we need to do. There's so many different opportunities and it's just about finding the right thing for you and something that you start to get traction on. And so that's super, super helpful. Um, I really appreciate all of those really actionable tips. Um, and so just to wrap up here, I really appreciate all of your, your uh, wisdom and insight. So tell us more about your program and where people can find more information about it. 
Yeah. So if you're just getting started in your nutrition business and you want a little bit of support and maybe like some training around, you know, how to really, again, get started and sign those first paying clients, similar to what I talked about today, but maybe a little bit more in depth. Um, you can check out my free workshop. It's called six steps to start your nutrition biz and sign your first paying clients. And that's at stephanielong.ca slash workshop. And then I also mentioned, um, niche a lot in this, in this podcast. Um, and if you're sitting there being like, okay, all of these sound like really good strategies, but if I don't know my niche and who I'm talking to, none of these are going to work. So if you really need help with finding your niche, um, you can check out my nail, your nutrition niche workbook. It's at stephanielong.ca slash niche. And it's just, um, I forget how many pages, quite a lengthy workbook. And it's actually going to help you, um, go through and kind of journal out exactly who you want to help and then, um, come up with, you know, that like clear niche at the end, and then be able to take some steps to move forward with your business. So yeah, those are the two I would recommend. Awesome. I will link to those in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me.